This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, here's Dr. Gloria. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, good morning. Uh, you know, I wanted to say hello to everybody how much we appreciate our engineer here, Paul. So sometimes we don't talk about what a great guy he is, but he is, and he does a great job for us, doesn't he, Heidi? Absolutely. Thank you, Paul. You're right, though. There's so many people in the background that, that you know, make this all happen and make Open to Hope what it is today, and Paul is definitely one of those people. Right. We, and- do, we can't do this alone. We have to do it. You know, it takes a major effort from Paul our 350 contributing authors, our staff. I mean, it's, it's a team effort. Yeah, and, and our guests, guests like Rob and Craig we have on today. Absolutely. Boy, you don't do these things alone. It's just amazing when you start uh, writing down who's in the background, and uh, we really appreciate them all so much. Well, Heidi, I'm excited about our guest today because I met her at Michelle Neff Hernandez's um, Camp Widow. And we'll talk a little bit. Well, maybe I'll just mention it right now. Michelle uh, has having her Camp Widow. I went last year. It's in um, uh, San Diego at the Marriott Hotel. And it, it is so great. It's right on the water. It is so much fun. And uh, it's for, you know, widows and widowers. And it sounds like a really sad thing. And it is. But I will tell you what a great group of people and what energy and and fun. Michelle is just an amazing person. Uh, her husband died of a heart attack. And she was a young widow. I think she's since been remarried, but has started this wonderful organization called Soaring Spirits. And Camp Widow is just uh, great. And so August 10th, 11th, and 12th in San Diego. Well, you know what I love about hearing this story, Mom? And I don't know Robin or Michelle yet, but thankfully I, I will be meeting them this year. But the, 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 what, one of the things I love about Michelle's story is that here she is widowed and remarried, and yet... She has this wonderful organization for widows, and why is that? I think that's fabulous. Why do I think that's fabulous? Because you know what? Even when women and men remarry, the person that died is forever in their heart and forever a big, huge part of their life. Absolutely, and I'm sure uh, Robin will tell us even more about that thought, too. So uh, I'll introduce Robin. Uh, I've talked to her. She's from Houston, Texas, and she was born and raised there. And she was widowed in 2005, and she has gone on to win three National Daytime Emmys as a TV producer. She's a motivational speaker and host of the Robin Craig Live, and we'll talk to her about how you uh, listen to that. And I've been on her show. It's a weekly web TV show for widowed and grieving. Robin, welcome to the show. Hello. I'm so happy to be here with you ladies. So much fun to have you on. It was so much fun meeting you at Camp Widow last year. Sorry Heidi wasn't there. I said, Heidi, it was just an amazing experience. I guess it's widow and widower, isn't it? Absolutely. And even people who were engaged or um, they they really support the gay, lesbian community, people who have lost a life partner. And that's what's so wonderful about it is that everybody is very non-judgmental. You just go there if you've lost the person that you thought you were going to be with for the rest of your life, whatever that title happens to be. And I heard what you said about Michelle Neff Hernandez, and I totally agree with that. I think it's fabulous that she has remembered. She's been remarried for over a year now, and I think it's wonderful that she still supports her widowed mission. And as a matter of fact, Michelle and I were widowed just a few days apart, so 
it's always yeah. interesting when you know people who were widowed around the same time to see how we've all gone in our different directions. And, you know, it's not like Michelle, um, it, it, you know, it's just kind of uh, holding firm with what she had. Are you kidding? She's doing, she did Camp Widow East this year. She's growing her organization. I mean, her organization is the Widow and Widower site on the net, and uh, she is just an amazing person. Yes, and you know, sometimes people have a misconception that if you get remarried, the widow thing is no longer part of your life. But as Heidi was saying, it's always part of your life. And when you start doing this wonderful work, it is so rewarding, and it feels so great to be able to help others. You don't want to stop that just because you found love again. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about your husband and how he died. He was 43 years old, and he just literally fell out on August the 22nd of 2005, just a few hours after leaning over and flexing his big biceps for me to brag about his gym workout. And I was so in shock, I had no idea what happened. I wasn't with him, but I got a call from a young 26-year-old man who was working for him at the time, and it was 5.30 in the morning. I woke up, and he was crying his eyes out, and he just said, Danny fell out, and they're working on him. And I'm like, well, what on earth happened? And it took me four months for his autopsy results to come back because he died on the heels of Hurricane Katrina, and we're so close here in Houston to Louisiana, which was so greatly affected by that hurricane that they were sending bodies to Houston to have autopsies. So it took me four months to find out that he had undiagnosed cardiovascular and hypertensive disease. And I was just so shocked because he was the energizer bunny. He just was always busy and always doing things. And we had no warnings with doctor appointments, medications, hospital vigils, none of that. So it came as a major shock. So, and you, and I can't imagine waiting four months to find out how he died. I know. It was absolutely the worst. And the majority of my family predeceased my husband, so I didn't have an army of people to come running. And I just felt so lost and alone. And as you guys know, because I know you've experienced a lot of death in your family, people swarm for the first week. And then after that, they go back to their busy lives. And, and it's not like you're mad about that because people are super busy. You're grateful that they came when they came. But nonetheless, you're just standing there waiting for this cloud of dust to settle, thinking, what on earth happened? And what on earth do I do from this point forward? Now, and it's really hard to figure out because you really just want to stay in bed with the covers pulled over your head and just say, who cares? It doesn't even matter. You know, just let me just lay right here until I die. And, and so you, you have yeah, to work hard. Yeah, I wanted to say you had a couple of issues, too. One is that uh, that maybe some of our audience has or has not. And one is that you did not have children, so you did not have to get out of bed for them. And um, the other was you're young. I mean, uh, you know, those are two big issues. Well, I know, and I hear women say all the time, if it weren't for my children when I lost my husband, I don't really know that I would have gotten up out of bed and even made the effort. And I've heard other people say, thank goodness my parents came running and they moved in with me for a little while and helped me until I got better. I would have never made it. And when I hear that, I think, well, how? what got me out of bed? 
you know, how did I make it? But I'm just, you know, I'm a strong person and I'm very determined. And having lost so many of my family members before my husband, I had already walked the path of grief, even though losing your spouse is is so much worse, even than losing your parents. As bad as that is to become an adult orphan, it's worse when you lose your spouse because your life and your future as you knew it, they all just go away with the death. And I know when I lost my parents, even though they were a big part of my life, still I could go home to my house and my house was intact and my basic life as I knew it was still there. But your lives are so intertwined with your spouse, everything from eating, what time you go to bed, how you celebrate special occasions and the holidays, all of those things are totally gone and it leaves you feeling so lost and you just really don't know what to do with yourself. It's so difficult. And I also understand from uh, going to Camp Widow and from my own experiences with family members, there's so much work to do. I mean, you know, so many, for particularly for people whose spouses had took over the business aspects of their family, running the checkbook and that kind of thing, or took over all the household chores. There are all those jobs that your spouse used to do, you were partners, and suddenly you're it. You have to take the car to the service station. Absolutely. And the worst part is not only do you have to take over those jobs, you have to figure out what jobs your spouse was doing, and you have to learn how to do them. And it's not like any of the chores wait on you. I know for me, taking care of my pool was gigantic. We had lived in our house for 11 years, and my pool never even looked like it was going to turn green. And as soon as my <laughs> husband died, I had this panicky feeling like if the pool turns green, I'm just going to fall out. That's a sign that I've just lost it. And I had a girlfriend who was kind enough to come over and show me, and I'm very proud to say uh, just last week I became a widow of six and a half years, and I've been the pool girl that entire time. And the only time wow. the pool turned green is when we had Hurricane Ike in 2008, and I didn't have power for 14 days. So it was traumatic for me. My pool looked like a terrarium with branches from trees. Oh, it was just horrible. But at the same time, I was able to say it's not my fault it turned green. It's because I don't have power and I can't run the pump. And now I look back thinking that may be a good thing because if something else occurs and the pool turns green, I'll be able to say, well, I lived through it before. It's okay. <laughs> now tell me, I, I just had uh, my brother died actually six months ago, and I just had my sister uh, in-law and her kids came down to visit me. And, um, you know, she's, she's very sad, but she tries to be so strong. It kind of worries me. Is that okay? Well, I know that we all try to be strong. Um, but that doesn't mean that she's not capsizing on her own. She just doesn't feel comfortable grieving and crying and having a breakdown in front of people. And also it's obvious that she's trying to be strong for everybody else because you guys are grieving for the loss as well. So I always say when people appear to be doing great, assume that they are not doing great when they're on their own and support them as if they were having a breakdown every day in front of you. And that's something that most people don't do. I'm sure that people look at me and think, boy, she just breezed right through her widowhood because I went back to work as a TV producer the third week after my husband died. I still wonder how on earth I did it, but it's clearly mind over matter, and if your mind tells your body to go, it will follow. 
And, of course, I always had my nails done, and I had my makeup on. And, yes, of course, you would see me chuckling along the way. And, and literally, I'm sure people thought, well, she's doing great. But they didn't see me fighting back tears in my office with the door closed. They didn't see me thinking, can I just get to the car before I start crying, cry all the way home, cry in the shower, and then cry myself to sleep and get up and repeat it the next day. Mm-hmm. Wow. So we, you know, we just don't like to break down in front of others. And we as Americans don't handle people who are crying well. We need to let people cry because it's very cleansing. And we have to cry and go to the bottom of the depths of grief before we can begin to heal and come back up. And at the same time, the minute you cry in front of people, they start saying, you're okay, you're okay, don't cry. When in reality, we should hug the person who's crying and just say, it's going to be okay, honey. You're going to be all right, because that's what we really need to hear. We don't feel like we're going to be all right when we're widowed. Wow, I love that. Just hug him, Heidi, and say it's going to be okay. So what about gut? And, and Robin's yeah. making a good point, Mom, because even though people may look on the outside like they're doing fine, we really have no idea how they're doing on the inside unless, you know, we can see that. but. We, we're, we're good at putting on our game faces when we have to. Like you always say, sometimes we fake it until we make it. Absolutely. And I wrote a blog for a year and a half for the Houston Chronicle called Today's Widow. I kind of got inundated, so I haven't written in a while. But I actually wrote a blog called Don't Judge a Book by Its Cover. And it was that very thing. Don't assume because someone's car is clean, their house is clean, their pool looks great, they've got a manicure and a pedicure, and they're smiling, Mm -hmm. and they're functioning. Don't assume that people who have had a close loss are doing great. They're, They're not doing great, but they're just not showing that to you because they know that you either won't receive it well or they don't want to put that on you. So how do, I'm out there and I'm hearing what you're saying, I'm doing everything, I'm doing my nails and all that. I could use some some more support. Have you got any suggestions on how I ask for it or did you make any mistakes? Was there any way that you could have, you wished you would have asked for it more or do you have any thoughts on that? Well, a lot of people let me down in my widowhood. And I, and I kept thinking, doesn't everybody know that my husband was my life and that the majority of my family's gone and I have no kids and I am a hundred percent alone? Why are, are people just fading away? But I realized that people don't know what to do and they also are more willing to help you if you ask. So learning how to ask for help is a gigantic thing. It's like pulling teeth for most of us. It doesn't come easily, and it doesn't feel natural. I know for me, I had my dad my whole life. He passed the torch to my husband, and I was married for 21 years. So then all of a sudden, I'm thinking, now I've got to ask for help. I've never had to do this before. And you don't want to impose. You feel like a huge, huge imposition. You feel like people are so busy in their own lives, they don't have time to mess with you, and you just don't want people to have to go out of their way. But as you continue going, you begin to realize that there's so many things you don't know how to do, and a lot of things that you're physically incapable of doing. And if you'll only reach out, you do find that there are more people available to help you. And you also find that there are some who will completely abandon you, and their friendships will go away. And that's 
that's a really difficult thing to deal with. It's almost like another death of sorts, but it just comes with the territory. And in the work that I'm doing for the widowed and grieving, I talk to so many people who always say, I'm so disappointed. My best friend doesn't want to be my friend anymore. And um, somebody that I used to count on, they just keep saying, you just need to hush and move on. And, you know, really cold and callous comments. So you just you have to learn how to seek help, and you have to also be prepared that for some people who you thought would be there won't be there for you. And, and what about um, couples that you used to go out with? Did you find any couples kind of cut you off? Yes, everything, singles and couples. It's almost like... Even if you had, um, say, a girlfriend who is married that you used to hang out with, just because your husband is gone, those relationships can oftentimes change as well. It's almost as if people think that widows are instantly on the prowl. And they that's, just that's don't what I've heard before, too. Well, yeah. I, I work with, I've been working with 9-11 widows for 10 years, and they, they have said that some of the ones I've worked with have said that we don't want your husbands. Or you just want to be continue to be friends friends with you, but there is yes. that kind of feeling sometimes. Yes, it's a so terrible, terrible place to be, and and also I noticed too, like a lot of guys, uh, you know, when they hug you, they stand about three feet from you <laughs> and just hold their arms around for like a split second. And I'm famous for saying on my show, find a widow or widower and give them a real hug, not one of those hugs that makes them feel like something's wrong with them or they've got some kind of disease. Oh, I like that. Right. That's great. And, and, you know, part of the work that I'm doing is to help educate married people and single people who, if, if anybody thinks that they want to marry at some point, to learn about what we deal with, because it would be so much better if you could learn about it before being thrown into the chaotic abyss, as I call it, and to understand that these are the things that are going to happen, and most importantly, to plan for death, because dying is a business, and the second you hear I'm sorry, we couldn't bring him back. You want to lie on the floor and pass out and just throw a big fit or faint, and instantly you begin to get the phone calls. Do you want to donate the organs? What about the obituary? Are you going to have a memorial or a funeral? Are you going to cremate? Are you going to bury? I mean, the business side kicks in, and you must perform. Mm -hmm. And if you can do pre-planned funerals and talk to your loved ones about what they want before beforehand, it really eases things, but it's like, you know, for people like me, I've lost so much of my family, but I certainly wasn't expecting my 43-year-old husband to fall over, right. mm -hmm. and, uh, and that's what I tell everybody, none of us knows when our date with death is coming, but if we can just have a little family gathering, anyone that you think that you're going to be involved in their planning, and just to talk about it casually, what do you want? Well, where would you want to be buried? And if you're cremated, what do you want done with the ashes? Do you want them to be sprinkled? If so, where? I mean, there are so many things that you can do with them. You can have ashes made into diamonds. You can have them made into glass objects like vases. You can have them shot off into fireworks and have a big fireworks display. You can have them sent up by a glider airplane and spread out over the... Um, the mountains of Colorado, I mean, there are a lot of neat things that you can do, but when your loved one dies and you're down at the funeral home, they don't tell you any of those things for obvious reasons, but if you can learn about it in advance and make a plan, then when you're planning your loved one's service, 
you feel a lot better thinking, I know this is what he or she wanted. Well, you're going to be at Camp Widow, right? Own Widower. Yes, um, <laughs> I, I'm look forward, looking so forward to going to Camp Widow. It's such a lovely event where people come from all around the world. I think last year there were widows from uh, around 36 states and four different countries. And it felt really great to walk up to anybody and say, how long were you married and how long has it been for you? And the camaraderie is instantaneous with all widowed people because it's such a special journey that only the widowed can fully understand. But to be able to walk up and have those conversations with people was just so beautiful and, and so warming and just lots of wonderful friendships. And I know for me, through my web show, I have met so many great people. And then to go to Camp Widow and to see their face, it was just so much fun. I felt like I'm going to have to put on some extra mud packs on my face because my laugh lines are going to be deeper. I'm like grinning from ear to ear the entire weekend. It was so beautiful. Yeah. Well, tell people how they find your website. My website is robincraigdirect.com and it's R-O-B-I-N-C-R-A-I-G direct. Dot com, and I host my live weekly web show on Tuesday evenings at 9 p.m. Central, 10 p.m. Eastern. It's a one-hour show, and what makes it so special is there is a live interactive chat room where all of the viewers can talk to one another, they can talk to me, they can talk to my guest, and it literally feels like we're just having a party around the country, and I've even had people who have also watched outside the country, which is a wonderful gift. And uh, you can access it from my website. Just click on the TV show tab, and the show airs just above the chat room. There's a photo montage in place up until I click on live. And once the show is live, you see me in place of the photo montage. And additionally, I have a YouTube channel where you can watch a lot of past archived shows. And you simply go to YouTube and then search for Robin Craig's channel. It's Craig apostrophe S channel. And you can catch up with a lot of past shows. Great. Well, Robin, thanks so much for being on the show. And I'm looking forward to seeing you soon and keep doing all the great work you're doing. Thank you so much. I love you girls so much. And I really appreciate what you guys are doing as well. And um, there, there just aren't enough of us giving back and helping this special group because we know there are almost 15 million widows in America alone and around 242 wow. million worldwide. And that's a gigantic group of people really needing help. So it's, a, it's an honor and a blessing to be able to be there and to help any, any part of that number. And congratulations to you girls, too, because I know you're doing the same. Thanks, Robin. Thank you. I'll look forward to seeing you guys at Camp Widow. Well, Heidi, uh, what an inspiration and what great work uh, Robin's doing. And don't you love her energy? I love her energy and her message, and I love her website. If anyone wants to Google her, Robin Craig, you will find her website. There's like lemons that are dropping off a tree and talking about, you know, when life throws you lemons, you make lemonade. So, yeah, she's, she's very inspirational. Like you said, Mom, tons of positive energy. And uh, she certainly has made lemonade, and we're thankful to know that she's out there for everyone and uh is there to have people lean on her hope like we are ours until you find your own. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. 
Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.